Welcome to Rich Pickings, a series that explores the investment beliefs and philosophies of prominent professional investors to enable you to decide whether you agree or disagree and to help you to better articulate your own investment philosophy. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Alex Leonard, Investment Director at Ruffer in London. Founded in 1994 and with offices in London, Edinburgh, Paris and Guernsey, Ruffer has more than £25 billion in assets under management. Alex sits on the Senior Asset Allocation Committee and co-manages two of the firm's flagship funds. Alex, welcome. Let's start at the beginning. How did you find your way into funds management? And what was the path to where you are today? So if I, if I start all the way back from my family, um, most of my family, we're, we're coming from a Jewish rag training background. So most people left school very early, started their own businesses um, and were salesmen predominantly. So um, somewhere between my generation and my parents' generation, we were, we were the first to go to university and follow more professional careers, whether that's lawyers, accountants, um, investment management, who knows. The people that I always resonated with when I was growing up were those in the investment industry, in part because they were often the ones that paid most interest to the people around them. So having had a relatively conventional academic background after that, where I went to a fee-paying school in the UK, studied economics and finance at university that was really the the area that i was always drawn to of wanting to get involved in the investment industry and have the engagement with the sort of people that i'd always respected um growing up now the challenge you have age 21 22 is when you say you want to be involved in investment um you have to know whether you want to be in asset management or derivative sales trading or equity sales. Um, and simply speaking, I didn't really know. Um, so I took a very broad-based approach to applications um, and eventually found a firm, which is Ruffer, which I felt both gave me the intellectual engagement that I was hoping for, but perhaps more importantly, something that was philosoph philosophically aligned to my way of thinking. And the rest of they say is history. So are you saying that you've been with Ruffer throughout the whole of your investment career? Yeah, so I, I joined straight out of university, um, initially actually in the, the operations team, um, purely doing the nuts and bolts of the industry. Um, then I moved over to work with Jonathan Ruffer, who is our founder, um, looking after the private wealth clients that, that he represented. Um, over time, Jonathan wanted to get me running money and one of the things that he observed pretty clearly was Alex you look pretty young um, and dealing with private individuals they're going to be more interested in the color of the hair on your head versus what you're actually saying so I really want you to focus on running institutional money where people will be more interested in what you're saying and what you're doing rather than how long you've been doing it for um, so that was really in probably 2008 that I transitioned over to being more an institutional asset manager um, at Ruffer. Um, since then, I've been managing one of our flagship products since 2011, um, which now is Ruffer's largest fund. Um, and 
importantly, it's all aligned to what we do across the entire business, which is that philosophical underpinning that aligns to how I believe assets should be managed. How influential was the founder, Jonathan Ruffer, in shaping your philosophy then, Alex, in that formative stage of your career? So very quickly on the philosophical standpoint, one thing that I should have said is that in my family history, there was a long, there's essentially a long history of doing very, very well and then doing very, very badly. So multiple generations of my family have made fortunes and then lost them subsequently. So the idea of capital preservation and not losing has always been something that's resonated very deeply with me. And that's something that Jonathan Ruffer has really built this the Ruffer business around, um, where he thinks as much as clients like making money, they hate losing it more. So that's the alignment of philosophies that I think has worked so well for me over the last two decades. Working with Jonathan, clearly he was he's a very busy man, so he relies on people to that he can trust and who are willing to be brave um and and actually be willing to challenge him to to a certain degree so actually working alongside him um he would throw things at you and you sort of just had to catch them um and sometimes it was a case of throwing them straight back to him as quickly as possible um but you had to to learn pretty quickly when it comes to investing what's a core principle that has underpinned what you believe now and how you go about investing so I- I think of it almost like you've got almost two warring factions that operate inside you. Now, my family history and my philosophy has made me very acutely aware of losses. Um, Now, in isolation, that would make you risk averse. Now, being risk averse as an investor is not a compliment. Um, The reality is people are giving us their money, uh, whether that's institutions or individuals, they're giving us their money to take risk with it and to try and help it grow. So combining that loss awareness and the ability to and the ability to construct a portfolio that focuses first and foremost on the downside, but importantly is fully invested and engaging in risk, um, I think is fundamentally important to, to how I think about the world and how, how we think about the world at Ruffer in that you can't be risk averse because ultimately that means hiding underneath a bushel. You have to be willing to take risk on, but doing it in a way that you're always aware of where the potential setbacks and where the losses could, could come from. So it's almost having those two warring factions at play within a portfolio at, at, at all times that I think is really important to how... I believe portfolios need to be constructed. So which has played the bigger role in shaping your investment philosophy, your experience or your family history? Can you distinguish between the two or have they kind of merged into one? I genuinely believe they, they've moulded into one. I think how it's evolved over time is I think that as an investor, you need to be brave. You, you need to be able to, to take decisions. But importantly, you need to give yourself the platform to, to be brave with. So brave rather than foolhardy. Um, now, I think that plays out in two ways. Foolhardy, to my mind, is pointing all of your guns in one direction and 
assuming you're going to be right. Um, and if you're wrong, you end up losing everything. Um, so that's what not to do. The other ability, I think being having the ability to be brave is, is important. So constructing a portfolio that always enables you to be on the front foot if there are more challenging markets at, at play. So you don't really want to be in the position where you're either having to fight really hard to come back from um, a stinging loss um, or indeed being so removed from the market that you're you're unable to, to take risk anymore. So it's that that sort of risk consciousness with, with the need to be brave, I think is important. How would you describe how you align your personal philosophy with those of your colleagues? And how difficult is it to find alignment? So I think importantly, you have to have the organisational structure around you. Now, one of the things about Ruffer is we are a single philosophy firm. So you sort of have to sign up to that philosophy um, to, to be a fund manager uh, at Ruffer. And that's a philosophy that's based first and foremost around capital preservation or, or simply speaking, winning by not losing. Um, so having that singular philosophy that the firm is based around is really important. Now, where I think it does different, you don't want people to only operate in that way. You need to create an environment where there is healthy disagreement um, and, and people who are on the different spectrums of willingness to take on risk, but always having the acknowledgement of what you're trying to, to deliver, which is this, this portfolio that focuses first and foremost on capital preservation. So you create an environment where there are lots and lots of heretics in a room willing to debate, willing to challenge, essentially willing to ask each other, what if you're wrong? Um, but doing it in such a way that you're not competing for product airtime, in essence. So the singular structure and the singular, singular philosophy that runs all the way through Ruffer, I think is important because you can disagree with it but ultimately, you, you need to know what the outcome is you're trying to deliver on. The winning by not losing philosophy sounds simple, Alex, but how easy is it to implement that in practice? So I, I think you're, you're exactly right, Graham, is simple in concept in that what we're trying to do is put together portfolios that take on risk, but focus on the downside first and foremost. Where, it, where it's challenging is it often requires you to step away from the herd. Um, the analogy we sometimes, I sometimes use is think of what we're trying to deliver as being on a bit, being a bit like on a good night out. You want to be there early in the evening and have a few beers and enjoying yourselves. But when the music gets very loud and the vodka shots start coming out, you have to be willing to go home. Now that can mean that people will call you boring. They may want to, stay at the party a bit longer, which requires you to have real authority and, and belief and, and willing to question your own self as to actually is the party going to continue a lot longer than you previously thought. But you do have to have that conviction in your views. So yes, simple in concept, concept harder in practice. How do you ensure you're focused on implementing your philosophy, but at the same time, remaining open to contestable ideas? So I think the, the philosophy is pretty consistent, but the, the portfolio construction that underpins that philosophy has to do exactly as you, as you described, Graham. And I think the, 
the important thing that's embedded within me and with it within all of us at Ruffa is we're always asking ourselves what if we're wrong so the way that we construct portfolios is always first and foremost think about the risks think about how likely it is they're going to come to pass think how impactful it is that they're going to be um, and if the answer to either of those questions is somewhat you position to protect against those risks but then you spend the rest of your energies asking yourself what if you're wrong and if you are wrong do you have something else in the portfolio that is potentially going to make money um, in the interim so there will always be something within our portfolios that will both be contrarian to our core positioning but mm. also potentially contrarian to um some of the other things that we that we fundamentally um believe in but that willingness to always ask ourselves what if we're wrong is quite important so most of the investment industry is focused on making good decisions and maximizing their returns from those good decisions the way that i think about the world is we first and foremost think avoid making bad decisions and if you do make a bad decision at least minimize your losses or have something else in the portfolio that's going to enable you to make headway um, even if your core conviction um, isn't coming to pass because the main thing about investment is trying to make time your friend um, and that's all about asking yourself what if you're wrong so then what would you say is the most prominent challenge to your thinking at the moment i suppose it, it's we're coming out of a period which has probably been in existence for about 40 years now where sort of buying the dip or holding your nose at, at the bottom of the cycle has meant that people haven't had to worry about losses um, because they've always been short term and they've been backstopped by central bankers around the world so having an investment philosophy that sort of takes the the tortoise approach rather than the hare approach can sometimes seem boring um but never damaging um and i think that's really important um now coming back to that sort of 40 year trend trend ultimately i'm of the view that that we're coming to an end of a pretty unusual cycle one that has been solely beneficial to those who hold assets um where the idea of winning by not losing has kind of been an anathema to just buy and hold if we're moving into a different investment regime which i think we are then a more risk aware strategy i think goes from being an adjunct to portfolio construction to being pretty core on a forward-looking basis. And what do you do to make sure that you stay current? What books are you reading? Which trends are you following? So I, I think one is having a, a very, very deep understanding of history. Um, you, you can learn an enormous amount from history. And it's a slight bend on, on the Mark Twain quote. Yes, history never repeats itself. But although external environments change, humans' reactions to those external environments never does. So you can learn a huge amount from history. And I think importantly, when I talk about history, it's not just going back over the last 40 or 50 years. I think you have to go back over 
multiple centuries to understand different cycles, whether those are inflationary um, or, or deflationary, because humans' reactions to those cycles um, will always be the same. So that, that's sort of the more philosophical standpoint. Um, in terms of the current, unusually for me, I've just read a book which is slightly lighter. Um, it's a book called Dead in the Water, um, which is a true story about essentially insurance fraud, um, about a large shipping container called the, the Brilliante that was hijacked in near the Suez, um, near, the, near the Arabian Peninsula. And I think that it's a fascinating story, but the thing that I'm taking away from it at the moment is the unwillingness of the institutions that supported the insurance industry to challenge the status quo. Um, I, I think that that sort of is something that's really interesting to, to take out of it. So it was very clear from early on that this was a huge insurance fraud, but the, the Lord, Lloyds of London insurers were willing to pay out on it because they wanted an easy life. Um, and whilst that's not a sort of deep investment book, um, nor an academic one, I think it tells you a great deal about people's mindsets. So to wrap up, when you come to the end of your professional career, Alex, and you reflect back, what do you want to be able to point to as a key change that you've helped make happen? So I, I've, come, I've had a very privileged background, Graham. I, I went to a private school. I was university educated. Um, so I've had a lot of opportunities. Um, I'd love to be in an environment where, irrespective of someone's background, they got the same opportunities to challenge and debate um, uh, as, as I have. And something that has further embedded that at, at Ruffer is, um, and it comes back to my time working with Jonathan, is he, however old I was, he was always happy to engage uh, and be challenged. So I think having an environment where anyone, irrespective of their background, can contribute and debate um, and essentially be curious, I, I think is something that's fundamental to, to this industry. And if that can help make genuine change, I think that, that's, that's really important. Alex Leonard, Investment Director at Ruffer. Thanks for sharing the beliefs that shape your investment philosophy.